0: Welcome back to the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. And on today's podcast, Massive Bumgarner made a spring training start today. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Zach Davies edition. And then we got part two with Paul Holden of Locked On Rockies discussing if Dick Monfort can really build a World Series contender in Colorado. So let's jump right into it.
1: You are locked on Diamondbacks.
0: Welcome in, welcome in, Miller Thomas of Lockdown Back still here, I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there you can see all my latest work, from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter, at creatorthomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Lockdown Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Lockdown Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. But as I mentioned on today's podcast, Madison Bumgarner's spring training start and Zach Davies getting signed. I think I want to start with the spring training start because... I don't know how much spring training baseball I want to talk on this pod. I'm definitely going to be talking who's hot, who's not, injuries to watch, position battles, things like that. But I haven't really talked too much about spring training baseball for the D-backs just yet. And today we saw Madison Bumgarner make his spring training debut. And there was some good, there was some bad in Bumgarner's debut today. Because let's start with the good, I guess, first. We'll first start with the good, the 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 main takeaway from the positivity from Bumgarner's start today is his velocity. In that first inning today against the Texas Rangers, this man Bumgarner was clocking in at 93 miles per hour. I don't know what this man's been doing. We got a sponsor today. Maybe he's been eating some athletic greens. Maybe he's been eating some Bilt Bar. I don't know what Bumgarner's been doing, but whatever it is, he had some velocity behind his fastball today. That was clocking in at 93, a peak of 93. I believe his uh, cutter was Cracking in at 89 miles an hour. So it was definitely some velocity going on with Bumgarter. Something that we all, of course, watch very closely because this is someone going back to the 2020 season where his fastball average was like 88.5 miles per hour, 89, uh, just about 89 miles per hour. But 2021, his fastball velocity definitely crept up just a little bit, definitely wasn't great, but I think it was like between 90 and 91 last season, so we did see an improvement in his fastball velocity, we saw 93 miles per hour today in that first inning, so it does give you some confidence that maybe the velo won't be too big of an issue for Bumgarner, but if we had to talk about the negatives with Bumgarner, he had a perfect first inning, 93 miles per hour, got the side out pretty quickly, but in that second inning, that fastball velo, it dipped down to about 91 miles per hour. And he was struggle, he was struggling to locate pitches. Uh, a common issue we see with Bumgarner. He ended up giving up two home runs in that second inning, and Bumgarner was expected to go three innings, maybe 45 pitches. But because that second inning was so long, Tori Lavello took him out after just two and one third. And Bumgarner ends the day with three earned runs, giving up a walk, a strikeout, two home runs allowed, and it's just another Bumgarner kind of a start where it's low velocity. Yes, it crept up to 93, but eventually it did come back down to 91 right in the range he was at last season. And we also saw the thing that's been an issue for Bumgarner the first two seasons in Arizona, locating pitches consistently. A lot of times when he's working and in his groove. He'll just make one or two mistakes where he leaves that curveball hanging over the middle of the plate, usually high in the strike zone, just hanging in the batter, usually crushes it. And that's what happened against Mass and Bumgarner today. Two home runs allowed. So for Bumgarner, still owed $60 million over the last three years. It's not someone that I expect a ton from, but he's still someone that's a huge swing player for this D backs team. Gallon, uh, I'm not sure if he's going to be there the opening series. So Bumgarner might be in line to start game one once again. And uh, like, what can we expect from this guy? I just don't know at this point of his career. Like, I, I kind of have an idea of what to expect. Not good things on the baseball field. So for a guy that's still owed $20 million a year, he's going to be a huge swing player for whether this team is you know, at least competitive, but not very good, or just bad altogether. Because the D-backs could still finish with below 500 record, but if they're around 75 wins and they feel like a competitive team, a lot of that is going to be because, a lot of that is going to be because Madison Bumgarner maybe performed a little bit better than he has the first couple of seasons. There's still a pitcher, in Madison Bumgarner, that could be a number three starter for someone. There was stretches last year, in 2021, where he showed he's not absolutely terrible. So Bumgarner can. Show us anything from the past. Show us anything from his time in San Fran. He'll be a huge swing player for the D-backs and could make us at least a competitive losing ball club. But if Bumgarner is still the guy we saw the first two years in Arizona, it's going to be another tough season, most likely, for the D-backs. But I don't want to give any overall predictions just yet on the D-back season. Uh, I think I do do that later on the pod in part two with Paul Holden of Lockdown Rockies. So you might hear a D-backs prediction by me, but you won't hear it right now. But the D-backs did make another move. They did go out there and they signed Zach Davies, which is not groundbreaking. No one is going to fall off their seat or be like, oh, do you remember where you were when the D-backs signed Zach Davies? Do you remember? Do you remember? Like, No, we're not going to have those conversations with the D-backs and Zach Davies because I'm actually just trying to look for how much the D-backs signed him to. They gave him a guaranteed $1.75 million. I think he's got some money in incentives as well. So it's a contract that's not going to be a lot of money. I think he can earn up to $4.5 million. So Zach Davies is definitely not someone that's breaking the bank. And this could be a good addition for the D-backs. This is, I mean, medium risk, medium reward kind of of an asset because Zach Davies, if you just look at the results, you won't feel like he's a terrible pitcher because 2021 was by far his worst season as a pro. But if you work backwards starting at 2020, you would think this guy is a pretty good number three to number five starting rotation caliber pitcher because starting 2020, his ERAs 273-355-477-3.9-397-371. 273-355-477-3.9-397-371. So just based off the ERA, you're like, oh, this is the perfect number four and number five starter for the D-backs that could provide some stability. But there's some other overarching numbers that give you some concern, like his walk rate for his career is three, and it's trending in the wrong direction. He's not really a strikeout artist. 6.6 strikeouts per nine, and he's coming off the worst season of his career. 5.78 ERA in 32 starts, led the National League in walks with 75 on the Chicago Cubs so this is a guy whose control is very iffy some people don't think he has very good stuff so even though results might have been good for Zach Davies the process of how he gets those results are kind of are, are a little fluky like his FIP for his career is four four one, uh way higher than the ERA he has so I think for Zach Davies He's probably not as good as his ERA show. And he's just another guy that doesn't throw very hard. If you look at his stat cast, he doesn't even throw a fastball. He's a single ball pitcher that averages... 88 miles per hour on a single ball like he's just another guy that's not a strikeout artist that has control issues that will probably give up some home runs because he just came off a season with a career high in home run rate and he led the National League at walk rate. So even though prior to 2020, the numbers would tell you Zach Davies is a very fine back end starter for your team. In 2022, I don't know if that's the case anymore. This is a former San Diego Padre, at least for one season, spent most of his time in Milwaukee. So he's at least accustomed to the National League. He's at least pitched in the NL West before. So those are all good signs. But if you told me, Will Zach Davies be good for the D-backs in 2022? Maybe Brent Strom could unlock Zach Davies and get him back to that 3-5-5 ERA kind of a form. Maybe that 2-7-3 ERA we saw in the 2020 shortened season. But I have to believe Zach Davies coming off the season he just had in 2021 is probably not going to be as big of an impact pitcher that we might have thought when we saw the headline come across MLB trade rumors. But I still think he was worth the risk and he still has enough potential to be a pretty stabilizing force in the back end of the rotation. Now, do you believe Dick Monfort can build a World Series contender around Chris Bryant? Well, that's what Paul Holden and I of Lockdown Iraqis are about to discuss. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Bilt Bar, because this episode is brought to you by Bilt Bar. This is the time of year that pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right. Thanks to Bilt Bar. And have you tried the puffs that they have? They're infused with marshmallow, they're fluffy, they're delicious. They're a protein bar and they're covered in 100% chocolate like all Bilt Bars because the thing about Bilt Bar is that it tricks you. You think that you're eating a candy bar when in reality, you're actually eating a protein bar that's low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. It's great for that keto diet. If you want your own Built Bar, guess what? You got to go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. When you do that, you get 15% off your next order. Promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. I want to talk to you guys about Athletic Greens because our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I'm a guy that's trying to go to the gym every day, and sometimes it's hard to get the right nutrients in your body. That's where Athletic Greens steps in and helps me out. So, what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right And the reason why I love it so much is just because it's super lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, Athletic Greens is for you. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Tons of people take some kind of multivitamin, and it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash network to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the pod. Well, do you actually believe Dick Monfort can build a World Series contender? Just because historically, when you look at teams that have their owner with as much say and power that the Rockies do, like it's a lot of cooks in the kitchen to have your GM over here doing one thing, trying to make trades and then always having to talk to the owner first and then your owner Having to not talk to anyone and being able to just pull off moves on his own end. And then all of a sudden, the, the the GM is like, yo, what's going on here? Like, trades and signings are going on. I'm not even sure who's on our team anymore. It just feels like there's a lot of moving pieces with that Rockies front office. And, like, one of the reasons why I said they were delusional with Ben Caspick of Lockdown Rockies uh, or Lockdown Giants is because, um, it, like, Digmonford just keeps saying, we're ready to win. We're trying to win. And it just seems like their team is nowhere near the the landscape of winning they're nowhere near the the promised land the playoffs and it just feels like the Rockies are trying to maybe speed up the process or just I I don't think they really understand the process like how much confidence do you have in this front office because right now with the things I hear from Dick Monfer and the things I'm seeing I I don't love what the Rockies are doing and also I guess if you just want to tie this in too uh, I don't love Bud Black either I mean I'm sure I don't have to tell you this but over 14 years just doing the research from like who's ranking the managers in the NL West I didn't realize he's the only he's been in the league 14 years only two playoff appearances never won more than 91 games as a manager i just found that really interesting that he's been baseball that long and his career win loss record is below 500
1: yeah manager stuff i you know i don't know how how important is i think bud is a good players manager i think he is a manager that has a good can, can 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 keep a clubhouse and keep a good vibe in the clubhouse and a good energy but it is I, I don't know. I'm could someone else do a better job. I, I don't think it's on Bud Black that the offense is underperformed, even with Arenado and story on the team. The Rockies have have underperformed offensively for a long, long time. Now that's really been the issue since the starting position uh, or the starting pitching, what rose to the occasion with, you know, led by Herman and, and that rotation actually being a strength of the Rockies instead of a detriment as it was in the past. Um, as for confidence, it's it it grows. I mean, I have to I can't sit here and say that I'm completely dejected by a, a team that went out and, and got one of the biggest names in free agency. I mean, Chris Bryant, a lot of teams would have wanted Chris Bryant on their team. I, I think that is safe to say. And for him to go and choose the Rockies for them to for him to sign and commit that long. I think that. Yeah, the money for sure. Let's be let's be honest, but there yeah. is something there for the Rockies to spend more in free agency than they have in what felt like decades honestly at this point. They've spent, I believe with with re-signing uh players included, I think they've spent something. I saw a tweet of around $334 million this offseason. Again, this is all why why are we doing this now? But it is Bill Schmidt That's the big thing is Jeff Breidich isn't running this team. I don't think Jeff Breidich re-signs Krohn, Senzatella, McMahon, and Marquez, and Elias Diaz. I mean, Breidich was in charge, I believe, for the Marquez and the Diaz deal because those, I believe, were 2019. But I don't think he brings back everybody like that and really sees some of that stuff. And so I am cautiously optimistic because I do like the Rockies – it could have been better, and but for for where it was, I feel like the offseason wasn't horrible, and I, I I think that the Rockies are in a better position now because of the things that they've uh, of the players that they've brought in than they were again a week ago. Would I like Chris Bryant and Trevor Story? Yes, of sure, of course. But you know, if Iglesias can hit for contact and bat two eighty five with a decent slash, I know I'm asking for a lot. Yeah, I'm more yeah, worried we'll about see. his defense. I mean, it's it, it, you know, if there is a bounce back, I'm not sitting here and saying the Rockies are a couple couple players away from the world series but if they did have a couple better pieces and if some of their and if some of their outfield plans and prospects pan out i mean they're going to fill these holes with some players with having some seasoned vets that the rockies if it their plan works could be better but i'm not getting overly excited but i like we mentioned in the in the read earlier i i think having the rockies at 68 and a half wins is is far too low i think that's sleeping on the rockies too bad i'm saying at most I'm confident in a 73 to 75 win season. And if everything goes well and the Rockies can steal some series, they'll flirt in that 80 win range. But that's if every, they're as good as they were at home last year, if not better, plus being honestly just marginally better than on the road because they were historically bad. Uh, uh on the road so but uh you know the devin here in our chat he's got full confidence with bill schmidt as yeah. our new gm momford is cool but i hope he opens up the wallet some more devin i've learned a little, little more pro of the front office than myself because again yeah. we've been burned Devin's time and time again if there actually is a competitive foundation here i i do hope that it is not i hope that there's activity at the deadline you have far too many outfielders in your system. Let's move them to beef up the bullpen that needs some help. Let's open up and let's go out and try to convince you know another contact bat to come in here and play. They're, they're, the Rockies are not in the same position as I'd say, like the Orioles and things like that, because the Rockies don't ever want to tear down completely. That's the other thing. They don't want to embrace and say rebuild, because they want to have someone like Chris Bryant to have people still excited to come in and fill the seats. But let's be real, you know, when half the games, you know, our California teams and the California teams fill up the stadium anyway, because yeah. they all moved to Colorado. You don't have to worry about that as much, but I am very, I am cautiously, cautiously, cautiously optimistic, but I can't sit here and say that there wasn't at least a step in the right direction from the Rockies. Bill Schmidt, This offseason, again, I know it kind of sounds weird just because it's masked in the not, but losing John Gray sucks, not being able to get something with Trevor story, but the Trevor story thing you kind of saw coming. The John Gray one is really the the biggest question mark I have. I think that one's going to be the biggest thing that bites the Rockies in the butt uh, this year. Um, Hopefully, you know who the Rockies signed maybe can get John Gray level, uh, you know, production out. I, I again, if you're gonna dump truck that money, just just pay what Texas was gonna pay John Gray, and I bet you he would have signed back with the Rockies, and then you wouldn't have to worry about that. You got your rotation that you've loved for years. So I'm cautiously optimistic, but I'm I'm not gonna get ahead of myself yet. I, I need to see more, but. But the Rockies have re-signed the right players for deals that I think are good. And I I can't sit here and hate on the Chris Bryant deal because the Rockies got a a good player. And that makes it better for me as someone who covers the team and should make fans feel at least a little bit more excited that someone does have the potential to come and hit 30 home runs for the team this year.
0: Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I still don't love the idea of my... Owner making a lot of my personnel decisions for me. I mean, I yeah, love like that. Yeah, like, and that's Jim the Boston. other thing. Monford
1: yeah. is is, I mean, he it is a Monfort's club. He I mean he promotes his son. It's Bill Schmidt's been in the organization. They didn't like the guy that came in to do the analytics. He didn't even make it seven months. That stuff still sucks. And I, I'm 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 giving more credit to Bill Schmidt. And I, it sounds like Clint Hurdle might be more involved in some of this stuff too. I forgot that he was involved with the Rockies on a on an organizational side um, now, but than I am Dick Momford, but it, it, it is nice at least knowing that the wallet got opened up for potentially two superstars. So if the Rockies do find themselves somewhat competitive at the trade deadline to it with this expanded, I think the Rockies got to love expanded playoffs. I don't think they got any chance at, at sniffing oh, the yeah. division or, or anything like that, but crazy things happen in baseball and the Rockies are going to be fighting for those extent. I think there's an argument that the Rockies, if everything goes well, if everyone plays up to a potential, they might sniff the extended wild card if everything goes well but you got a lot of matchups with the Dodgers and the Giants and even with my positives and and, and pros of feeling on the lineup you're still going up against LA and San Francisco most of the year and but you know that that so what's is, is that really are you really competing with those teams right now it's like nah I, I don't think so
0: yeah, probably not. I definitely like the expanded playoffs as a D-backs fan. The Chris Bryant deal, probably seven years is a little too long for me. I think I'm okay with that. Yeah, I just feel like yeah. it'll be an abatross kind of contract by the end of it, just because I really do feel like he's not the same guy we saw those first three years where he was
1: like an MVP his second year in baseball. Well, well I mean, remember years, it was it was Chris Bryan or Nolan Arenado. I mean, that was literally the whole talk in the NL for, for, for most of the time and, and how the Rockies get to hopefully get still a a good amount from, from them. I mean, it'll be, it'll be really, really interesting to see, but Millard, if you need, we're talking pieces, right? We're talking about uh, having the right things in the right situation. And I got the place for you. If you need to get something for your car or truck and that's at rock auto, Millard, you you're you gotta be with me here. You hate going into the store and just having someone just look up something on the computer. Is that anything more frustrating in in the modern shopping day experience than someone using the computer for you? Oh, nothing. Yeah. so skip the hassle, save the time, save the energy, and save thirty percent, fifty percent, even one hundred percent more for the same parts from a car chain store or car dealership when you use rock auto rock auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years and their their prices are reliably low for every customer, go explore the easy to use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. You can write locked on in there, How did you hear about us, box? So they know that we sent you. Helps us out if you do that, folks. So we'd love if you do that. So when you go get everything you need for your car or truck, like brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet, you can head to rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rock Auto dot com millard just through just to kind of put a bow on our conversation here and and we because we talked a lot of rocky so i got to at least get a yeah. little a little what are what is your outlook for the diamondbacks in 2022 i haven't seen a, heard a lot from them are the diamondbacks going to be in the same position as they were last year and is that is that part of the plan
0: do you have the bet online uh projected wins up? Do you have the Let me I will get that action. for you
1: right now. I looked Actually, at it this no morning and I believe back. they were one of few teams one of, I think, three teams with uh, lower win totals than the Rockies, I believe. Let me get you that. MLB okay, three. well, I'm
0: going to come out here on the podcast and say, we're going to finish better than the Rockies in the NL West. I can't go farther Whoa. than that. We're still going to be either four or five in the division. We'll probably be right around where the Rockies are. I mean, if we finish fifth, that wouldn't surprise me either. But I'm going to go out today. What's today's date? I don't even know. March 21st. I thought it was like the 15th or something. March <laughs> 21st. I'm going to say the D-backs are going to finish no higher than fourth in the division and no lower than fourth in the division. They're going to be smacked up at four because we got Mark the Shark Melanson stolen from the NL West rival San Diego Padres. We're bringing back an old friend, Ian Kennedy was top five in Cy Young voting back in 2011. I know that's over a decade ago, but he's back. <laughs> he's a closer now, so he, he changed his game up a little bit. And uh, overall, I think uh, we traded for Jordan Luplow. Nice platoon bat. We'll see. Everyone that has him is always left a little disappointed. I'm sure D-backs fans will be happy. He's probably our third most talented player in the lineup. We'll see. But overall, if we get a healthy Zach Allen, he might miss the start of the season. The year's last starting off great. But if we get a Zach Allen. 90% of the season, Ketel Marte 9% of the season, Dalton Varsho continues that second half breakout. We could be looking at a team around 65 wins next season, Paul. So I'm really excited for this D-back squad, 75 wins. I mean, anywhere between 70 and 80 wins is a World Series caliber season as a D-backs fan. At this point, Devin says, "I'm sorry, you guys are finishing fifth. We'll see, Devin. I don't like the Rockies team that much. We'll see what happens. I still believe we got a better player in Kitamarte Marte than Chris Bryant. I believe Zach Allen's a better starter than anyone the Rockies have. But this is really a me and Devin conversation right now, Paul. I'm sorry that wasn't really directed at you. Sorry that you. Nah,
1: played. it's all right. I I gotta you know. So your your bet online totals for futures right now uh are okay. sitting at uh the line is 66 and a half wins. Oof. That is two wins lower than the Rockies. Oof. Um I uh, I think I think you're crazy. I think the Rockies are in a much better position than the Diamondbacks. I think Armand Marquez is a, is a certified stud and has the potential to be a top five arm in the entire National League, if not all of baseball this year. I think Armand Marquez saw how close he was. He was to being a top tier pitcher last year and that stretch that he had uh, heading into the all star break. And he is going to uh, to 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 excel. I think the I think the starting pitching of the Rockies is underappreciated. I'm interested to see if the uh I, I feel so bad i get that i, I was saying the name wrong but Colome alex colom Colome oh, yeah, I, um, I think it's, I Colombe, like it's Colombe. yeah colom be interesting you know he is probably the rockies closer as they brought him oh, okay, in with right. that with, with that mindset shifting daniel bard back into a role some young arms were really impressive for the rockies at the end uh, and plus you know i i I, I can't sit here and hate on the Chris Bryant thing when, until he goes out there and, and starts underperforming w- at, at somewhere. I am nervous about him playing left field. I am nervous about Charlie Blackman playing in right, but I got more confidence in the Rockies hitting hitting a 70-plus win season than I do the uh, the Diamondbacks. But I know what we are guaranteed for with Rockies and Diamondbacks this season is a bunch of eight to seven, three home runs from each team. Uh, it's yeah. just going to be a ton of slobber knockers because that's, that's always seems to be the case when the Rockies and the Diamondbacks matchup.
0: They're at least good games. I mean, they usually maybe go extras a couple of times, usually going to the seventh or eighth inning. Someone's got to get a little rally going. So they're usually fun series. It just Fun
1: to us, really. No one knows. Yeah, yeah we're, we're still fighting. It's definitely a fight for fourth and fifth between these two teams. But who knows? I think the Padres are overrated, as we saw last year. <laughs> yeah. But that's for a different podcast yeah. and a different host. We're going to wrap things up here on this crossover. I know I didn't uh, have the cool crossover stuff, but Millard's a a, a, a graphic wizard. So I'm sure. Sh- yeah, I'm I might do a post. When he posts it on his yeah. end, it'll probably look a lot better <laughs> than when I post might it on i have to do some end. work
0: post production
1: a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Millard, where can everyone? Go to stay up to date with with yes. you and the Diamondbacks all season long.
0: At Creator Thomas Twenty Four for my personal account, or just type in Locked On Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the search or for the
1: podcast handle. We're uh, back in action, five podcasts a week here on the Locked On MLB Podcast. Oh, so you got your uh, Diamondbacks and Rockies talk coming. Five days a week throughout the season and more. I'm Paul Holden. You can find me at Paul Holden 33 and at L.O. Rockies. Subscribe to Locked on Rockies and Locked on Diamondbacks on YouTube so you can get the video podcast and instant reactions when things go uh, down in the world of baseball. And as uh, opening day is closer and closer, this will not be the last time we talk. Millard, thank you again so much for your time. Uh, Thank you, sir. That's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks
0: podcast. Shout out to everyone who tuned in to today's pod. Come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. As always, thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first to listen every day. Go make Locked on MLB your second listen of the day with my pal Sully Baseball. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces!